0: Hello! Welcome to another story about the Peters family. The name of this week's story is Penelope Pouts. As always, we've included a line from a hymn or a hymn title within the story. If you recognize it, send your answer to whimsywins at gmail.com. If yours is the first correct answer we receive, we will send you a prize! Last week's winners were Corbin, Noah, and Phineas of Jacksonville, Florida, With the correct answer of My Spirit Pants for Thee, a line from the hymn Break Thou the Bread of Life. Good job, you guys! (coughs) Now, it's time for this week's story. Penelope Pouts It was the end of a long school week and Pearson and Penelope were at the table finishing up their math. Neither of them really wanted to spend even one more minute on schoolwork. For a number of reasons, school had been extremely hard that week. There'd been a big science project that they'd been working on, and though there were fun aspects to it, it was involved and monotonous. Additionally, there had been testing for the local school district to be sure that they were maintaining academic standards through their homeschooling. Mama Peters was exhausted. She had to keep up with the requirements of each of their grades, and her energy was flagging. Though she didn't let on, Having more schooling to do on a Friday afternoon was not her idea of a good time any more than it was for Pearson and Penelope. But she knew she must persevere, and that she needed to trust God to help them finish strong. Okay, Patience, what block is this? Mama Peters was working with the twins at the table as Pearson and Penelope worked on their word problems. Boo Patience yelled out. Good. Now Priscilla, how many red blocks are there? One, two, three, four, five. Priscilla counted, pointing at each one with her pudgy fingers. They were so cute that they were distracting to Pearson and Penelope, who were caught looking up from their math books at their entertaining sisters. Mama Peters, ask the twins about animal noises. They're so cute. How they, how they mimic animal noises. Penelope suggested. Well, that's a good idea. But you need to pay attention to your math, honey, or we'll have to extend our schoolwork day. And it's already getting later than we normally school on Fridays. Mama Peters gently reminded her oldest daughter. Penelope, feeling rebuffed, did not respond in humility. Instead, she made a frowny face and looked down at her math, coddling her feelings of hurt. Mama Peters noticed, but chose to ignore Penelope's display. She continued working with the twins, and thankfully, it wasn't long before Pearson slammed his book shut and declared, I'm done! Mama Peters checked Pearson's work, examining it for any errors. Checking schoolwork was one of the harder tasks of each day. It felt especially chore-like when all of the other Peters just wanted to close the books and not look back. But through many years of experience, Mama Peters knew that unless the checking happened when the work was fresh and the corrections contemporaneous, there would be gaps that would grow in the minds of her children. Leaving work unchecked, was no different than leaving work unfinished. Upon checking Pearson's work, Mama Peters said, Pearson, thank the Lord, all of your work is error-free. You've been faithful this week and you've worked hard and the Lord has given you understanding. Now go grab a fruit snack and enjoy some free time while we wait for Todd to arrive. Mama Peters winked at Pearson, knowing that the mention of Todd would thrill Pearson. Todd's coming? He sure is, Pearson. I didn't want to tell you until your work was done. Mama Peters put her arm around her only son. Oh, Mama Peters, well, I'm so glad you didn't, because now this is the best reward ever. I'm never going to finish, Penelope muttered under her breath. Mama Peters sensed the defeated spirit of her daughter and silently prayed for wisdom about whether to let her complaint pass or to address it head on. Sometimes not addressing problems felt easier, though Mama Peters well knew that it was never easier in the aftermath. But still, the energy of addressing spiritual problems was always hard to come by, and in fact, impossible without the Lord's strength. Nellie, are you complaining? Mama Peters softly asked. Nellie's complaining! Patience and Priscilla echoed. Okay, little ladies, you can be done. I'll talk to Penelope while you go get some fruit snacks from Pearson, and you can go play. Mama Peters directed the two little mimics. Patience and Priscilla obediently ran off, leaving Mama Peters to chat with Penelope, who was staring with her furrowed brow at her math book. Nellie, Mama Peters repeated, "Yes, Mama Peters, are you complaining? Not really. I, I just, I'm just never going to get done. Is that true? Are you never going to get done? It sure feels like it, Mama Peters. It's like I've been working forever on this. So, are your feelings always true?" Because it feels like you're never going to get done, and it feels like forever? Are those things true because of how it feels? Mama Peters wanted to know. Well, remember, Nellie, whenever you get a case of the feels, think about God and the things that are reals, and don't give in to the stuff of your heart. Or complaints without end will know where to start. I know, Mama Peters, and I remember Granny's rhyme, but I just want to be done with math. Okay, honey. Well, I think it would be best if you prayed now and asked the Lord to help you to be obedient to his word, even when you don't feel like it. There is never a time that it's okay to give voice to your complaint. Rather, it is your biblical duty to simply work with all of your heart and to do your best and to do it a little bit at a time. God is faithful and he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. And those aren't my words. They're words from 1 Corinthians 10.13. Words we both know are true. Okay, Mama Peters. Penelope didn't sound quite sure, but she prayed silently and Mama Peters began helping her with her math. She was glad she did because she could see that Penelope wasn't quite understanding when division was required instead of multiplication. It took some more teaching and some reinforcement where Mama Peters thought she had already covered the material. It wasn't easy to patiently teach at this hour on a Friday afternoon when both of them wanted to be done. But as she had promised Penelope that God is faithful, she knew it was true for her, too. And after a long while, she was able to close the math book and call it a week. Penelope grabbed her fruit snacks and, in a quick prayer with Mama Peters, thanked the Lord for his faithfulness. Mama Peters hugged Penelope and watched her run off to play. As Penelope made her way into the living room, the doorbell rang. It was Mrs. Hicks, accompanied by Todd, and the twins Bear and Ruth. Dude! Do dance! Happy Friday! Todd's exuberant and loud voice carried through to the living room where Pearson high-fived Todd. Everyone was all smiles and got to playing immediately while Mrs. Hicks visited with Mama Peters and insisted in making dinner. The plan was to have dinner together that evening, so a big meal of fried chicken and mashed potatoes was on the menu. Meanwhile... Pearson, Penelope, Patience, Priscilla, Todd, Bear, and Ruth got down to business and began building a giant snap-together train track that weaved its way through the living room under furniture and over various items that were being used as bumps along the way. They took turns placing the mini trains on the tracks and watching them crisscross and weave their path throughout the room. But when Penelope's turn was skipped because Bear, who was born with Down syndrome, had grabbed one of her train cars, Penelope who was none too happy and less than understanding, turned away and plopped on the floor. She glowered at the rest of the group. Pearson sensed his sister's attitude shift and sauntered over to her. Penelope, I don't think Bear meant to do it. You know that his disability means that he didn't understand that he shouldn't do that. You can help him to understand instead of being angry. I'm not angry, Penelope hissed. Well, you could have fooled me, Pen because you're sure acting angry. Penelope glared at Pearson, but briefly, as she resumed her death stare at the floor. Todd, intuiting that she was unhappy, walked over to Bear and kindly reprimanded him. Little dude, you can't take stuff from people. You have to do to others what you would have them do to you. That's from the Bible, little dude. It's not right to take anything from anyone. Bear, who absolutely loved his big brother, nodded. Todd carried him over to Penelope and Bear handed her the train car. Penelope took it and muttered softly, "'Thanks, Bear.' However, she wasn't about to allow herself to recover quite yet. But there wasn't too much time to dwell on it, because moments later, Nora walked into the house. "'Hey, guys, I just got home from school!' "'Mama Peter saw me walking up your walkway, and she opened the door for me and said that you were all in here playing. "'May I join you?' Nora asked sweetly. "'Of course!' Penelope was thrilled to see her friend. We've been c- come on. We've been we've been building pla- train tracks. Help us! But after a while, Penelope was pretty much done building tracks. She wanted a change of scenery and suggested as much to the whole group. No one though was interested in switching up the game. And when she didn't get her way, she plopped on the couch and stared at her hands. What's the matter, Penelope? Nora asked a few minutes later, sitting down next to Penelope. Nothing. Penelope replied in a high-pitched voice, indicating that her answer wasn't truthful. Oh, Nellie, are you sure? Nora sure didn't want her best friend to be upset. Yes, I'm sure, Nora. Just go back to playing. Don't worry about me, Penelope said, albeit a bit disingenuously. Well, Penelope, I can play a game that you'd like to play, Nora offered. But Penelope shook her head, and Nora went back to building tracks with the other kids. Penelope, tired of no one paying her any mind or any attention she felt she deserved, wandered into the kitchen where Mrs. Hicks was mashing potatoes and Mama Peters was breading chicken. Can I help you, Mama Peters? Honey, we're good in here. Go play with your friends. Mama Peters answered without looking up, but the intrusion did give her a moment's pause. She knew this was uncharacteristic of Penelope to offer help when her friends were elsewhere. So looking up, She noticed that Penelope's face was drawn and knew that something was off. Hey, Nellie, please go upstairs. I'd like to have a quick chat. Mama Peters wiped her hands on her apron and told Mrs. Hicks that she'd be right back. When she arrived upstairs, she began by asking Penelope some questions. Why did you want to offer help to me when your friends are here? Are you not having fun? Mama Peters began. No, I'm not. They're leaving me out, Mama Peters. Penelope's eyes began to fill with tears. How are they leaving you out Penelope? Mama Peters used a measured tone as Proverbs 18:17 quickly came to mind the one who states his case first seems right until the other comes and examines him she realized that there were always multiple sides to a story and wisely withheld judgment until she could hear more Well we've been playing trains forever mama Peters and I just don't want to play trains anymore Penelope's style of fast talking made what she stated sound even more impudent Mama Peters looked confused as she looked askance at Penelope. How is that leaving you out, Pen? Well, I suggested another game and no one wanted to play another game and then everyone just went back to playing trains and they ignored me. Penelope sat sulking as Mama Peters contemplated what she would say next. And so you sat in the living room and pouted? Mama Peters asked pointedly. No, I wasn't pouting. Penelope, let's think biblically and be truthful. Pouting is a word that we use to maybe say that you're filled with self-pity or self-focus. You're thinking about you and all that you have suffered. You're playing the victim merely because people aren't behaving in a way to serve your wants and your desires are number one to you. And so your countenance is reflecting your heart that is focused on all of the things you are not getting and you're blaming others for your unhappiness. Mama Peters was certainly gentle, but she was quite firm. Well... Penelope didn't have too much more to say. Penelope, I'm quite confident that that's what's happening. You've been struggling today not to feel sorry for yourself at nearly every turn. Being a friend to a victim is exhausting. Someone who is always thinking that everyone is out to get them and that they've been unfairly treated or everyone is picking on them is tiresome to have as a friend. It'll be hard for Nora to maintain a friendship with you because she'll always be trying to find ways to prop you up, to make you feel better. Who wants that in a friend? Penelope, what did we just discuss this morning? It seems like all day you have had a case of the feels. Penelope's heart stung, and though it was hard to hear all that from Mama Peters, Penelope knew it was true. The entire day, she had pouted. Every time she didn't like what was happening to her, she acted as though she had been dealt a bad hand. She didn't rejoice in her circumstance and give thanks in all things as the Bible commands. She complained about God to God by playing a victim and pouting in hopes of manipulating the outcome she desired. Suddenly, she had clarity and she knew exactly what needed to be done. Mama Peters, you're right. I, I remember once when Casey Richard, Richards acted like, acted like this in, in Sunday school And I thought it was so annoying. She refused to be comforted, like it made her feel better to feel bad. I've been doing that all day. And I've been so wrong. Ugh, I'm so embarrassed. Don't get caught up in that feeling now, Pen. Embarrassment is nothing more than shame, Mama Peters explained, which we need not feel since Jesus died on the cross for our sins and forgiven us. God knows all we will ever do, say, or think. Don't waste another feeling on yourself. Focus on him and simply repent. And so Penelope did just that. She prayed with Mama Peters that she would no longer play the victim, but would look for ways to serve others rather than herself. And in that very moment, God faithfully restored Penelope the joy of her salvation. And she walked downstairs, ready to confess her sins to others. Hey, you guys, can I chat with you really fast? Penelope's tone had done a 180. I was totally pouting and feeling sorry for myself every time I didn't get my way today. I was upset with Bear, who is only two years old and doesn't know any better. And then I was angry that no one wanted to play the game I wanted to play. And instead of thinking of others, I was only thinking of me. Penelope's speech began to pick up steam. And then I acted like a spoiled brat when Nora, didn't wa- Nora offered to play a different game with me. Would you guys forgive me? I've had a case of the feels all day. Since Nora and Todd didn't have a clue about what a case of the feels was, Pearson jumped in to explain. Whenever you get a case of the feels, think about God and things that are reals, and don't give in to the stuff of your heart, or complaints without end will know where to start. Our grandma always says that. Dude! Todd blurted out. That makes total sense! I gotta learn that poem too! He began to recite the poem to himself. Whenever you get a case of the feels, think about God and the things that are reals. What's the next line, bro? Before Pearson could respond, Penelope repeated what she had asked a few minutes prior. Well, anyway, would you guys all forgive me? Of course, Nellie, Pearson, Todd, and Nora responded. Both sets of twins mimicked their older siblings. Of course, Nellie! And the day that had begun with Penelope playing a victim with her surly attitude, was restored to sweetness, and her attitude of feels had been replaced by a repentant attitude of the reals, and she experienced a clean, joyful heart as she remembered the chorus to the hymn Calvary covers it all. Calvary covers it all My past with its sin and stain My guilt and despair Jesus took on him there And Calvary covers it all This is Grandmom's Corner. Yesterday I had a chance to apply what Mama Peter's exhorted Penelope to do after she understood that she had been pouting and had been feeling sorry for herself. I didn't have problems with pouting or feeling sorry for myself, but I did have to deal with anger and rudeness. After a misunderstanding about something insignificant, I was rude to a total stranger at the store yesterday. I retorted in a way that was unkind, and though I only uttered one sentence, I immediately felt smitten. I prayed something like, "'Lord, why did I just do that?' Why do I sin like that? Thankfully, I had a chance to see the woman in the store and tell her that I regretted my rudeness. But boy, did I have a hard time shaking it. And like Penelope, I was embarrassed over my sin. Embarrassment after confession of sin is really just shame. As Mama Peters explained to Penelope, I shouldn't be surprised that I sin because I'm a sinner. But if I dwell on my sin after confessing it to God, rather than accepting Christ's forgiveness, I'm being prideful because it's like saying, Jesus, your death wasn't enough. I need to do something to earn my forgiveness or to feel better, but I don't. Psalm 103, 13 to 14 says, just as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he himself knows our form. He is mindful that we're nothing but dust. Finally, in Philippians 3, 13 to 14, Paul's words encourage the believer to forget what's behind and press on toward the goal of knowing Christ. Therefore, since I confessed my sin yesterday, I can forge on and move forward. The Lord willing, we'll be back next week with another story about the Peters family. Bye for now.